This is the Momentum Podcast. What does it take to grow a real business that makes a real impact? If you've always dreamed of running that business that can change the world for the people you serve, this episode of the Momentum Podcast is going to help you get there. This excerpt from a recent Sharfin Summit highlights the members of our coaching program and what they are taking away from the event to apply to their business fast. They're going to help you understand how focusing on self-care can be the biggest point of leverage for growing your business. Also, that an entrepreneur with a team never walks into a room alone, and that if you apply the right systems, processes, and frameworks into your business, you can go out and make your greatest contribution. I'm Alex Sharfin, and this is the Momentum Podcast, made for empire builders, game changers, trailblazers, shot takers, record breakers, world makers, and creators of all kinds. Those among us who can't turn it off and don't know why anyone would want to. We challenge complacency, destroy apathy, and we are obsessed with creating momentum so we can roll over bureaucracy and make our greatest contribution. Sure, we pay attention to their rules, but only so that we can bend them, break them, then rewrite them around our own own will. We don't accept our destiny. We define it. We don't understand defeat because you only lose if you stop and we don't know how. While the rest of the world strives for average and clings desperately to the status quo, we are the minority, the few, who are willing to hallucinate there could be a better future. And instead of just daydreaming of what could be, we endure the vulnerability and exposure it takes to make it real. We are the evolutionary hunters, clearly the most important people in the world, because entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. One of the biggest issues with leadership in a business is when you bring in a leader that's not culturally aligned, it like creates this like tumor in the business that starts touching everybody and everybody gets a little piece of the tumor and they're like back away and they don't want to be close to it. And they, and, and they really do, they like hide in their shell and they, they make themselves small. They diminish themselves so that they don't offend this new person who's in leadership. And I'm glad that they're coming back within six months, Robert. I've seen it take a year in some businesses when somebody comes in and they're punitive enough in a leadership position it can take, and, and even worse, what I've seen is leader comes in that's not culturally aligned. People in the business start not doing so well. We start terminating people and we keep the leader like that. Thank goodness you didn't do that. You know, I've, I've watched that so many times over and over again, especially when it's supposed to be the savior. So, you, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, you guys got out of that in a, a relatively well compared to a lot of businesses that I've seen. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. By the way, it doesn't have to be somebody in leadership. You bring somebody into any part of the team who's not culturally aligned and it will start to affect the entire team fast. I've done it by accident. You know, I think we've all done it. And it, it's, it's something that we really focus on now for every hire, no matter, regardless where they are. Thanks, Robert. Um, let's see here, Donna. Hi. Hey, Donna. Um, hi. So we had, we talked about some of the the things that were most impactful for us. And then we kind of just started to talk with each other freely afterwards. And we realized that we had, um, we were like two operators and two CEOs. So Alice wanted to ask, um, since she's in her role as operator, um, what is the best way to like, how do the CEOs find the best to like hear their nose and to 
um, have an operator or some members of the team say no. And one thing that Julie said was in our group that I thought was really interesting is she said that um, if she has like a new idea or something she wants to implement her company, she has to make sure she finishes an OTA first. And having to finish an OTA first is like a big enough deterrent that if it's not a good enough, if it's not a big enough priority, then she won't do it. And then that kind of tells her this isn't worth it. And um, both of the, the CEOs were talking about how um, having an operator who will help prioritize things for them, like ask them again, okay, this is, this is what you just said is number one priority now. Um, does that mean that it's a priority over this list of things that we already said were priority? And then the CEO will, you know, kind of realize, no, 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 wait, those other things, those are still number one priority. Um, and you're right, let's keep going with this the way we had it in our waterfall first or something. And so um, I think that's that definitely is something that I want to implement more is adding the OTAs as something that we need to make sure we implement for any new idea or process. And then also um, realigning with every new idea that it's still something that is actually a priority in all of our priorities. Oh, so good. I'll share an insight with you. I talk about this. I end up talking about this at every event. Here's part of the training that our team gets when they start with us. Every member of the team is told about me. They, they, are, they are exclusively told, like discreetly told, Alex does not change priorities. He can't change stuff on the waterfall. He can't change timing and he can't change what you're accountable for. And we tell everybody that because here's what used to happen. I would have casual conversations with somebody and say, oh, that's a great idea. And then they would go tear off and do it and ignore the waterfall. And so that, that's, that putting that, that gatekeeper in place of the OTA is really interesting. I've seen CEOs who have a million ideas a quarter, suddenly they have four because there's a document involved. <laughs> and so it completely changes things. And there's this, there's this, like, you know, we talked earlier about maturation of a CEO, you know, um, Rachel gave us a really clear example of it, but it's like early on as an entrepreneur, I want everything done right away all at once right now. And then as you start moving away from that, it's like, okay, I can give the time for other people to do it. Well, then it's, I'm going to create a process through which we decide what we're going to do so that I don't just throw things out and we get them done all the time. And then and, you know, several steps from there, it's now I'm excited about multi-quarter, multi-year projects. You know, my cousin works at Apple and I love hearing about his experiences at Apple. He's been there about 10 years. He just got promoted to senior manager, which is one step below director, which is like at Apple, if you hit director, you're, you've got it made. Your salary is seven figures or more. Your stop options are probably more than seven figures. There, it's very hard to get a director out of Apple because it's very hard to become a director. And um He's working, so his, his strategic plan for his department is 12 years. Apple knows the next 12 years. So the next four years are super clear, set in stone. They're already designing those products. The four years after that, they're designing, they're looking. The four years after that, the technology doesn't exist yet for the products they're planning, but they still have the plan. So that's, you know, when we, when we look at like multi-trillion dollar company, biggest company in the world, they're 12 years out at the manager level. Imagine where they are at the executive team level. It's probably 30 years. They probably have a 30 year plan at the highest level at Apple. So as entrepreneurs, we go from like, I've got an idea, I'm going to get it done Monday to as we grow, it's like 
we're going to build not just a one-year plan, but a two-year plan. And then the two-year goes to three, and then the three-year goes to four. And then you get to the point at Apple where there is an entire structure around a plan that lasts longer than a decade. That is where, like, that's how business grows. That's how this really works. Thank you so much for sharing. That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Brittany Martin says, um, our room was full of awesome conversation. Manny, Laura, Doug, and I, we talked about offloading delivery and how the pain it's causing is sabotaging sales, no doubt. And how we all seem to have the same problems around meeting process. Because like Manny said, solving the people problem will only work if you have solved the process problem. So good. Oh, man, that's a quote. Thank you. I'm going to put that on Facebook. Um, such a good quote. <laughs> and uh, who said it? Manny? Man, you can't solve a people problem without solving the process problem. So dang good. Uh, let's see. Laura says, can I share? Or do, Laura, do you want to talk or do you want me to read what you said? You want me to read it? Okay. Um, you have some other stuff going on over there. Uh, so Laura from Avalon says, uh, every time I unmute my four-year-old decides it's time to be crazy and to do something he, he shouldn't, totally get it, Laura. It's like they have radar. Um, we had a great conversation about delivery and how pain in delivery energetically pushes away sales. So dang good. Pain in delivery will energetically, consciously, subconsciously, metaphysically shut down your sales. And because it's protecting you, you know, when you're, you, you know, when you're tapped also Manny shared about doing the time studies and then going, okay, now what? And the need for four hours, basically what Brittany said. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Laura. So good. Um, Oh, Andrea left. It said I have to go. I thought she made she wanted to talk, but she'll be here tomorrow. Um, let's hear Dustin Hart. Cool. Um, yeah, so one of the things that came up for me, well, I guess this one was me sharing with, with our group, but whatever. Um, it didn't like hit me until we started talking about it. But Alex, I remember when you and I started working together, um, prior to that, I was running my own business. And so coming in and working with Alex, I was like, dude, it's going to be a real hard shift for me to go from like running my own thing and being my own boss to coming and working for you. And, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an entrepreneur anymore. And one of the things you said was, uh, first of all, you don't work for me. You're working with me. And just because you work in my business doesn't mean you're any less of an entrepreneur. And it's like being an entrepreneur is not synonymous with being a business owner. Um, and that was a huge shift for me. And I think for the rest of the operators in the room, just because you're an operator or just because you're a director of operations or whatever it is, it doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur. Um, in fact, you're probably even more so of an entrepreneur. And so that, that was such a huge realization for me to remember is that, you know, we, the space we take up in the businesses that we serve, um, we, that's an important role and it's a huge responsibility to take on. And I was just reminded of that this week. And, and in the last couple of days. So I just wanted to share that with the group um, for all my operator homies out there um, and just how important we are into the businesses we serve and, and what a responsibility that is. Cause you know, we were thinking about the self-care piece and how important that is for us too. And so um, that was just like, that came flooding back to me and I just wanted to share for everyone might need to hear it. Dustin, can I ask you a question about it really quick? Yeah. Um, in that moment, I, I, I actually vividly remember that exact discussion you and I had. And in that moment, when I said, first, you don't work with or for me, you work with me. What did, what did it make you feel? Um, it, it, took it, all, you feel? It, it took all those feelings of like going back. Okay. Like now I'm taking steps backwards or I'm, I'm, 
inadequate or I'm not good. I'm not as good as I thought I was, or I'm not good enough to do that. Now I'm going back to work for somebody else. Uh, it, it took all of that away and it really empowered me to step into that role that I was in with you at the time. Um, and understand like, okay, I can still have a big impact on the world. Right. Cause as entrepreneurs, we know it's not just about the money. Like yeah. the money is the scoreboard. It's a direct correlation to the value that you put into the world as an entrepreneur. And so the money's cool, right? Like that's a cool scoreboard, but what we're all after is contribution. And so knowing that I could still make that contribution and still walk into that role and into that, um, that place in the company was a huge revelation for me. And now I preach it to people all the time. I'm like, you're still an entrepreneur. Even if you don't own a business, you can still be a freaking entrepreneur. Um, and so that, that was a huge revelation for me. So I want, uh, the reason I asked that specific question was I wanted everyone to hear what it feels like on the team member side when you say that. And, you know, during these, during this session where everybody shares their takeaways, this is where I most actively take notes at this event, because this is where I feel like the real gold is. And one of the things that I want all of you to think about, and like, I have a habit. If someone says I work for Alex, I won't embarrass them publicly. I won't like stop in the middle of a conversation and say, no, you work with me, but I'll pull them aside later and I'll say, hey, this is a decision we're both making. You don't work for me. You work with me. We are building a career together. I'm helping you build your career. You're helping me build my career. This is a with situation, not a for situation. You know that word boss? Like I do not allow anyone to call me boss. No way. Like I'm, I'm a leader. I'm not a boss. That word comes from slave driver. It actually used to be B-A-S and it was literally slave driver. I don't want to ever be in that type of a position anywhere. I don't want anyone to see me that way. I want us to, be, to see each other as colleagues. I want us to see each other as a mutual support system. And so just that, if somebody, if you hear somebody in your business say, you know, I work for Robert or I work for uh, Travis correct them, not maybe not embarrassing or like calling them out in a place, but pull them aside later and say, hey, we work with each other. And I want you to really take ownership of the fact that this is a with situation, not a for situation. So good, Dustin. I actually, I, I like, I really vividly remember that conversation. And it's so interesting to have you bring it up because I remember later that night, I was thinking, man, I remember when I didn't know to have that conversation and I would actually feel pride when somebody says, I said, I work for Alex. Now it scares me. Now, I mean, it's been, now there's no pride in it at all. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want you feeling that way because that's the first part of them feeling suppressed. It's like, I work for, no, with, with is empowering. With is completely different than for. Um, so good, Dustin. Thanks for sharing, man. And thanks for bringing up like a really good personal memory at that conversation between the two of us. I, I walked out of it feeling like way closer to you and also like heard and, and validated like from where I was coming from. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Momentum Podcast. The Momentum Podcast is created specifically for entrepreneurs just like you to get into momentum and take the rest of the world with you. If this episode helped you do that, take a moment and leave us a review. Let us know how we helped you make a bigger impact on the world. And our journey doesn't have to end here. Be sure to check out our Facebook community filled with entrepreneurs just like you who are getting into momentum and building world-changing empires. Go to sharfen.com forward slash community to join now.